All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a potty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. Alright, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Brian Shesko, Scott, is not here. No, Scott's not here, and... There's been a few times Brian and I have had to do this, and it's I'm never right here, man. It's never good. I was it's, speaking like you weren't here almost, right? It's, yeah, it's like you're doing this yourself. Right, uh, sure. It's look, it's fine. Yeah, sure. It'll be it'll be okay. Yeah, we'll do our best to make it worth your while. I apologize right now for my voice. You, I I you am, sound terrible. I'm Batman, Dave. Okay. Um, not really. Scott was Batman one week. I we, I, we joked about that. Uh, I am about half of what I normally am, and let me tell you, that's not much. Okay. So half of nothing is really nothing. Uh, but that's the way I feel today, and I sound worse. I like your math. So let's let's get on to this. We we do have a few things planned. Yeah, look, this is, it's that's why I'm really hesitant to say this is just going to suck, and you should just turn it off right away. We're sure. going to still we're still going to do similar segment things that we were going to do whether Scott was here or not. Right, because they're the things that we add. Uh, we have Gunner fans. You will get your Arsenal moment with yes. Dave. Dave, you could talk probably oh, for the first thirty thir- minutes. Thir- about thirty the, minutes could easily just yeah. be. The North London Derby. Don't worry. Even without Scott here, I'll try to rein that in. <laughs> sure, good. Uh, we have the ultra rare double magic of how to say yes and a Seamus curse, the, which is which I don't, I'm not sure why. No, I well, I want to ask about it when we get sure. There. Yeah, and I also need to be careful about the how to say because it's so easy. I don't want to give it away right before we get to it. Sure, but Dave, before we start, look. It's already going into game week 30. I know. Game week 30. Yeah. The grass withers. The flowers fade. It is true. It's going to be Christmas before we know it. That's I, how every year goes No, it's, it's the worst is like May 20th, right? Because that's like when the season's over or around then. Yeah. Like late in, here in the States, it's Memorial Day weekend. Usually the Premier League's over by then. So... That's it's disappointing, and it's sad to think that we only have, you know, what ten match weeks? No, not even that. Eight. Yeah. This is this will be yeah. eight or nine. Well, it depends how you do your math, but yeah. Look, we we are gonna have the end of the season again, and then you know, if any of you listening have children in school, yeah, I mean, you know how this is. Once school's out. It is summer. Yeah. Summer, it might as well not even exist. exist. It might as well I not agree. even happen because sure. it's already over. Sure. Then you're right back into school again. 
which puts you right back into this season. And that's why I say, Christmas, here we come. <laughs> as, as Proust famously said, okay. surely echoing our very own Scott Wiebe. Yeah, sure. Time passes, and little by little, everything that we have spoken in falsehood becomes true. <laughs> it's so true. And Scott yeah. will be happy to know that it was Marcel Proust who actually came up with the, uh, I wasn't wrong i just wasn't right yet oh i thought that was scott i was giving scott credit for that brilliance very much legitimizes what he said which is sad for us all oh man we should probably get on to what we were let's uh, do it we're doing so let's let's give a, a few shameless plugs real quick um we have finally got a few things together uh mm-hmm. and you could actually if you wanted to actually donate money towards our podcast we we do this out of our free time because we love it and we will continue to do it whether anyone donates or not we're going to do this whether it's for free or whether we have every single one of our mcdonald's and bourbon desires filled. so true couldn't have been more better said so on our website fantasysoccerfc.com the contact drop-down gives you a place to not only contact us, email us, but also to donate via on the website like a one-time donation and or become a patron through our Patreon page, yeah. which is uh, www.patreon backslash FSFC. Okay. And that will bring up our Patreon page. So listen, it's, it's fun and exciting things. We've been, um, we've been contacted by some sponsors um, and along with some other uh, loyal listeners that have been more than gracious, uh, asking if they could contribute to us. And, of course, we said, yeah, let's, let's make a way for that to happen. So we had done that. And um, anyone else out there who feels froggy and would love to do so, yeah, jump. Do it. Don't be scared. I'm not going to dive into it. Scott has before. He knows it way better than me. But when you do become a patron on the Patreon page, there's four different tiers, and there's multiple different things that you get. So the more money, kind of that per month, you get, uh, you know, more privileges, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so again, it's all listed out there. We have enough to talk about. I'm not going to dive into it with my scratchy, crappy voice. Yeah, I'm just. I completely remain shocked most weeks that uh, anyone listens. So you couldn't be more appreciative of anybody who actually would want to uh, support that. That's correct. Uh, Dave, let's get on to what we have for this week without Scott Wiebe and reviewing game weeks 28 and 29, kind of. Let's do it. Dave, let's start with, might as well get this out of the way and let you rehash the first match of the week. Perfect way to kick off the weekend. Perfect way to get you nice and angry, especially now that your voice is terrible. Tottenham hosted your favorite club, yes. Arsenal, in the North London Derby. Yes. The one millionth edition of the... No, I don't know what number it this, is. But. Listen, this game, it doesn't have the history that the other Derby... Well, there was two other derbies, but the other derby, the other big derby that we'll and we'll get to. It doesn't have the... I don't think the lengthy history that they have, but... Yeah. Man, Arsenal-Tottenham, this game always is loaded. There's always scoring. Some derbies don't score much, but for whatever reason, Arsenal and Tottenham always seem to have goals 
whatever they yeah. play, which always makes the games exciting. And that seemed to be the sentiment of many fantasy pr- fantasy sites out there, including Fantasy Premier League, who yeah. put Hyung Men's Son back into their team of the week going yeah. into game week 29. Yeah. And we all know what happened with that. Yeah, not much. So I have many, many points. Let's just dive into this. We're going to make this sort of an impromptu Arsenal moment as we talk about this entire game, and I'll just try to throw everything in there. Play um, play music th- under this the entire time. I would prefer the song I Started a Joke by the Bee Gees, if you can get that going. Oh, my gosh. We might end up hearing it four times. Okay. Would that be <laughs> annoying? Hey, look, real quick. The first thing I want to mention... I see the Arsenal lineup come out, and I was like, surprise! That's my scratchy surprise voice. Yeah, great. What the heck is Emery doing? There's no Aubameyang. Kolasinitz is not injured. He did go off the week before. He's trained all week. Healthy enough for for the bench, and also healthy enough to be an unused substitute in the match, which we don't really have to talk about much more than saying that, which was probably annoying for uh, enough people. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely me. Right, uh, Cole Sheenitz has been a roller coaster with me the last couple weeks. So, and there's no Ozil, which that's not a massive surprise. But recently, he the, the week, game before, 15 fantasy points, I believe, or, or a goal and two assists or something. But yeah. bonus points. Uh, Ozil was Ozil looked starting like, to find a little form. Yeah, Ozil looked like best version of Ozil. Right. So, anyways, lineups come out, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what? No Torreira. Lucas Torreira again, fantasy reasons. Uh, better, re- better real life player than fantasy. There's no Torreira in the lineup either. So I, I, I am, I am all sorts of tore up. Yeah. I, I literally am. Uh, I, I'm like. Uh, brother Matt on a normal Liverpool lost day, which doesn't happen much. Right? Like the game hasn't even played, and I'm all tore up. Yeah. So, game starts. Arsenal start really positive. Like it's not at all how I thought it was going. McTarian and Wobie both started. They're 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 controlling. They're getting back on defense. And I, and I started to see what Emery was trying to do. The 19th, 20th minute rolls around. And Arsenal had been back, pretty much everyone back in defense except Lacazette. Ball was cleared out to him. He flicks it on to Ramsey, who is sprinting. Yeah. And Ramsey gets a step on Sanchez as he crosses midfield and literally has an entire field of pretty much one-on-one with Lloris. Has a fantastic finish. And Brian, when he scored... My voice sounds. That's when it started. This, no, this. Fr- oh, it did. No, it was already worse than this. I screamed the double Wenger fist in the air and screamed, and no sound came out. It was it was a real silent scream. It was almost scary, though. Probably it probably almost sounded like a screaming banshee. Probably real faint. Or, or, it wasn't loud because there wasn't much sound or, coming or out. Bad breaks. Yes, exactly right. Bad I, I mean, look, my issue, and I'm sure plenty of other people's issue, and the reason why I wanted to talk about Macarian even a couple weeks ago, not only because he scored like 40 points in two weeks, sure, ago, but Arsenal midfielder has been almost an unownable position Agreed. this entire season, even yep. though the best I've ever done was owning Lucas Torreira to get a not tenth of a pound out of him when I owned him. We'll get that. We'll get to but that. Aaron Ramsey, Ozil, McTarian, like you know, the Arsenal's matchups the rest of the season 
after they play Manchester United, are very good, I would say. Yeah. You wish, again, I will say it, and I said it earlier this season, I wish this was a consistent thing for Aaron Ramsey. I wish they would give him the send-off that he deserves before he leaves on a free transfer this summer. Let the guy play. Yep. Can he just play until, I mean, I know that part of it will be, you know, don't don't ruin him until he gets, you know, he might get injured again. But still, like, why Arsenal do you care? Mid- he's, he's not your player anymore. Arsenal midfielder. Right. It's been, an, it's been an enigma. What I started to realize was this. What Emery was doing was he's committing to certain players in these bigger games with really good work rates. He trusts McTarian and Iwobi to both get back and help out defensively. I think the, the strategy was don't get out of position defensively because the, the defense, there, there's no Kolasinets, yep. there's no not, there's no uh, Bellerin. Monreal and Mustafi were playing in the back four as the backs. Mm-hmm. And then Socrates and Koscielny were playing in the middle. So, I mean, that's not a whole lot of speed. And so Awobi and Mctarian were hanging back to help give them cover yes. as to not get burned. And then I, I think the whole strategy was, hey, we're going to get one or two chances in the first half and we're going to capitalize on them. And by God, if that's not what they did, second half comes out, and I don't care. I listen. I watched the game, and yes, I'm a homer. But people want to credit Pochettino's legendary halftime speech that he gave, supposedly, to the Tottenham resurgence. But let me tell you, that game was still, for the most part, 50-50 in the second yeah. half. Well, I mean, Spurs did. I mean, based on just on the shot amounts, you know, by the time they approached halftime, you know. Spurs were out shooting Arsenal, uh, I don't know, like 8-3 to three or something like that right. by halftime. So they did pick it up. I mean, I understand where, you know, they... they yeah. But And then I know that's a, a little bit of a consequence of, you know, Arsenal gets the opening goal. Leno did have maybe maybe one of the best saves. Yes. A top five save of the year. That's probably fair to say. Yes. Uh, the, the, the rebound shot where yeah. he flicks his hand up. On yeah, that's one that you would look at and say... If it's not, you know, if it felt, for me, as I, you know, when I saw that, I just thought Spurs are going to get De gea by Leno today. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I, you know, I felt Is it like. Is Leno or Leno? It's Leno. We talked about that. I know. You, you, know I, you know I always screw this You up. should listen to the podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it just seemed like, you know, this, it was yet another example of Spurs getting, you know, not being able to put it away when they need to. And so, yeah, I agree. I mean. The overall, you know, the overall numbers on the match, you know, do favor Spurs, but what doesn't? I feel like it doesn't matter in this match because the chances seem to favor Arsenal anyway. Lacazette ended up having a chance, multiple chances yep. in the first half. Continued to fail to produce. Yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about Lacazette and Aubameyang more. Carrying on quickly, and I don't even know how to get across this quickly, but the second half rolls on. There's a Tottenham has a free kick. Mm-hmm. On this free kick. Uh, there's four Spurs that are offside. Arsenal hold a great high line on the kick. As the ball comes in, because technically not until a Spurs player attempts to play the ball are they offside right. and or if they're interfering with the play. How I understand the rule. Yep. As the ball is coming in close to Kane, he gets shoved in the back with a shoulder by Mustafi. Yep. No one's arguing that. I never argued that. It was a stupid foul. Yeah, and in, in retrospect, an extremely stupid foul. <sighs> Amazing. Bottom 
the offside flag uh, did not go up, and the the referee did re- call the penalty as he should have. Yep. And um, Kane converts. Yep. But nothing like a North London derby to have some controversy. Yep. Congrats to Kane owners and to anyone who jumped on him quickly, or even if you had the guts to get him before Burnley. Now you have Kane uh, scoring in three consecutive. Yeah. Uh, now that he scored uh, against Borussia Dortmund, scored against Dortmund today, uh, and now they get to play against Southampton, against whom Harry Kane has tended to do very well. A certain uh, captain candidate the, for this, this coming week. week for so, sure. trying to move this on speedily, which I don't do well sometimes. The Arsenal moment brought to you by Boiling Hot Coffee. Oh, man. That's fantastic. Hey, So, after the Kane penalty, I said on the Slack channel, and you can go back and look at it, I said after about five minutes, Taylor's going to give Arsenal a penalty. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like it, this is not an NBA, this is not a basketball podcast, but yeah. in basketball sometimes, oftentimes when a referee gives a foul, if they end up questioning that foul later, he might feel like he owes the other team something and will kind of call one back on the other team. That happens all the time. You don't see that as much that I know of in football. Mm-hmm. But I felt like in this match, the way it was going, the way things were amped up, it was a North London derby that for whatever reason, Arsenal was going to get their chance at a penalty. And sure enough, I was right. Yeah. Aubameyang in the box gets a feathery touch, takes a fall like Salah would, and by God, <laughs> as Scott says, and you've said too, I think. Yeah, if, I agree. If the rule is, yeah, if you get touched, like you, if you don't go down, you're not going to get the call. Yeah, he he forced the decision, and the decision was penalty. I agree. I thought one. I don't think there was. I don't know what. I'm not really sure what contact there even really was. There was. A, there was a minor. Yeah. He, touch there was in definitely. The back, yeah. There was definitely some right? of that. There was he, no leg touching. Yeah. Either way, I feel like that's the kind of. I feel like that's the kind of foul that may or may not agree get called anywhere else. Absolutely agree. If they wouldn't have called it, I would not have been screaming for it. I couldn't have screamed anyways. Yeah. Aubameyang steps up to take the penalty. And you could kind of feel that he was not going to make it. It's unreal. It, it's so. <laughs> I was so nervous because I felt the same. For whatever reason, football mojo that was going on, and he kicks a very poor penalty. Loris saves it. Now, the thing that drew me most bananas of all the game because I the 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 Kane uh, offsides penalty. Look, that's a bang bang play. I can't expect the refs to get that right. What I can expect them to do is to get what happened next. On Aubameyang's penalty, Jan Vertonghen runs into the box. And when I say runs in, he is so far in the box. He is almost level with Aubameyang when Aubameyang kicks it. He's not. He's behind him by a half step, maybe. But he literally is two or three steps into the box when Aubameyang goes to kick it. And Loris blocks it. The rebound shoots off wide and is crossed right back into Aubameyang, literally at his feet. Vertonghen, because he was encroaching and was so far already in the box, was in a perfect position to clear the ball, and then Aubameyang could not convert literally on the two- or three-yard line. Yeah. 
I wonder if players, if it should be, I guess, a, a badge of honor. I think we we want to think that it's uh, uh, it's somehow a, a, a black mark against you. It's somehow this, it's somehow this like disgrace that you get away with something bad. And I just feel like it's just not that way. Well, I feel like it should just be. I feel like is there a plaque on the wall in every dressing room that yeah. has I got like, away with I got away today. with this yeah 2019 yes and that just to be. That he got another he got another little you know a little uh, stencil sure. part of you know the plaque on there yep. I got away with this encroachment look they got away with it and that's just sports and that's why we love it and hate it if anything Brian how many times have we said this this will probably be the last time that that's missed in a game as yeah. VAR true. is coming in next year. Anyways, so bottom line is the game ends in a draw, even though Arsenal should have won. Story oftentimes of their season. Tottenham's first crazy draw of the year. Yeah. They they usually are, are a win or lose. Uh, credit to them. And what's fascinating is is where they are in the table with all their well, losses. With Obviously, the big talking point was that Arsenal could have gotten within a point of Tottenham, yep. which was seemed impossible about a month ago, and uh, yep. Tottenham continues to be uh, hilarious this season. The big takeaway, I feel like, for fantasy purposes... Yes, all right, fine, let's talk fantasy. ...is strikers, which we will talk more about in our striker strategy segment later on in the podcast. Yeah. This uh, Arsenal moment really was brought to us by... What's the longest song ever? I mean, uh, that's what that's what I should have should have drawn up, Dave. If I could go back in time and ask you to play a song underneath <laughs> the Arsenal moment this time, I would have recommended "Inagata De Vida by Iron Butterfly, the full version, not the radio edit or whatever abridged version there is that might be out there. Got gotcha. you. I believe it's seventeen minutes, but I could be wrong. Oh man. Uh, that probably would have been appropriate. No, really, we can talk more about. Well, I do want to talk more about Lacazette and Aubameyang because I feel like that is it is part of the strategy here, especially with you know right. with the the blank week coming up. But yet, I Dave, I feel for you. I I of course I would like to have seen Spurs get closer to you know uh, kind of understood. creep back up there to make it an actual three horse race for the title. I you know of course yeah. that's probably not going to happen. But either way, uh, another intense hilarious day amazing of football and what uh, what a way to start the day yeah i'd say it really is sad when a match like that is the first thing that happens you kind of want i feel like you kind of want to build up to those before we move on though dave yes. the thing that we need to say about pierre emmerich Aubameyang, more than the fact that he missed the potentially game deciding goal yeah. the probable game deciding goal yeah he deserves more than a mention for a miss. He deserves something worse. The the probably the worst, worst thing awards. that this podcast can do to him, which is to give him the Christian Benteke Award for most wasteful player. Yep. This week. It's amazing. Uh, not only squanders the best chance, uh, the chance to to give Arsenal a two one victory against the fiercest rival that they have in the Premier League, but it was also an opportunity for him to get. A goal into the net, which he's had a problem doing more than anyone this season so far, David. It's amazing you pointed this out to me. Brian, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is sitting on 16 league goals this year, this season. Two behind league leader Aguero, tied with Kane, one behind Salah. What you're, the stat you're about to tell me blows my mind because 
if he converts on half of what you're about to tell me. He is by far in the lead. No one in the Premier League this season has missed more big chances than Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. How many? 19. It doesn't even seem possible. What doesn't seem possible is that he has six more big chances missed than second place. That's unreal. Which the two names in second place are Gabriel Jesus and Callum Wilson. When is the last time either of those players has even stepped foot on a pitch? Unreal. Uh, I know it's but no, it's not true. I mean, they've they've both. I mean, Callum Wilson obviously injured, but uh, no, it's a really shocking statistic. And you're exactly right. He puts a couple of those away. We're talking about uh, the runaway uh, Golden Boot potential it's, it's winner, close. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. I I don't know how he doesn't win the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Year award for the entire year. So next season, it's named after him. I don't he, see I don't see how that doesn't happen. He's not... I don't think anyone is in danger of being as statistically poor as Christian Benteke was last season. But he definitely can win the award for the year. Wow. I'm, for, I, I'm all for that so Fascinating. far. Brian, there was another derby to end the weekend, mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, Across the pond. Yep. And that was the Merseyside Derby that always seems to, of course, have tons of drama as well as a proper Derby should. Yeah. In my opinion. Yes. I feel like this one ended the way the other one should have ended. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I know that's not a huge stretch to say that. Sure. However, uh, there's hardly a more uh, fortuitous result for any club this season than Liverpool's 1-0 win over Everton in the first match of the season. Right. The the Origi Pickford disaster, yep. well, disaster for Everton, the non-disaster for Liverpool. Dave, I know you want to talk about you 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 love to rail on Mo Salah. And this I feel like is I haven't for a while, though, because I own him. And this week is one, though, where I feel like you'd be as warranted in taking 10 minutes on railing on Mo Salah as you were taking 10 minutes railing on uh, Arsenal and their failure. Look, I've, since I've owned Salah, mm-hmm. I've been following him a little bit closer on the pitch, yeah. watching him. And, Brian, one reason why at the beginning of last year that I really gave him a hard time because... And I start calling, you know, rhino touch or rhino foot (laughs) or or whatever. But that started because in the beginning of the season, he really struggled to have any touch around the goal with his first or second touch. And um, in order to set him up and throughout the rest of the season, obviously, he changed that and he made me look like a fool. Here recently, it seems to have come back. His first or second touch seems to fail him, and it seems to be failing him on a regular basis. I mean, look, Liverpool's results over the last seven match weeks, they've dropped like 11 points. They've they've gone draw, win, draw, win, draw over their last five. Yeah, And, you know, unfortunately for them, in the meantime, City has wins all across the last five. Hence where we are now in the table, yeah. That's exactly right. We. So I don't mean me. But, I mean we. I mean all. But of us, here's collectively. the difference, right? Liverpool's defense has continued to remain very good. Yep. Their problem has been scoring goals, and in my opinion, this is what I think. This is what, for me, dumb Dave, watching the games. This is this is 
one of my thought processes as I was watching the game. It started to hit me. Like, I think teams are starting to figure out, like, that if they if they don't play a high line defensively and they don't give the Liverpool front three space to run into, if they just clog the middle and make crosses come in, that, that they're going to be able to survive, give themselves a chance, one or two chances to win the game on the counter. And I think... You know, Liverpool in this match play Henderson, Wijnaldum, and Fabinho. In my mind, they're, those those guys kind of play similar roles in the midfield. There's not a whole lot of creativity there to set up the front three. So, look, it it's no no secret. If Liverpool's front three don't score, or they don't score on the Virgil header off a of set piece, they're not scoring goals, and that's been the issue. They do not have a midfielder like an Oxlade Chamberlain to step up and score goals for them. Nabi Keita, he he had been playing pretty well. He doesn't even find the pitch. He's not even a sub. Shakiri, not even a sub. Are you yeah. kidding me? So I just and, and and maybe and we'll talk about Everton. I think there's a few things to talk about Everton in this match as well. I was just shocked. I was shocked at multiple things. That, that Liverpool here recently seem to be toothless. Their offense seems to be toothless, and and I hope for their sake, because I don't have to see. I'm not rooting for Liverpool, but I'm definitely not rooting for City either. I don't. I, I don't know. I, honestly, I, Arsenal's not going to win the title. Yeah. So Tottenham doesn't have a chance. Uh, I don't think. I mean, anything could happen. But uh, I'd rather see Liverpool win than City. But I don't see it happening if their offense continues along the way they've been moving. And and Klopp's got to figure out something. And I don't know what it is. Well, that's been a big talking point. First of all, to your point, and I know it was a point made in, in the match, 22 goals for everyone on Liverpool not named Salah, Mane, Firmino. Yeah. 22 total. And if you take away Sturridge and Origi... 23 goals for Mane and Firmino, just the two of them. Yeah. So that is very true. You're right, they're not getting... And as has been pointed out here in the last few weeks from various pundits, definitely through NBC during, during matches, they are moving things around. Salah was back, has been back out on the wing here recently. Mane, Sadio Mane plays was playing up front. striker. This uh, match. Who is more popular coming in here? And I've advocated for owning Salah and Mane. And Mane looked to be the guy in form, at least in terms of of putting the ball into the actual net. Mane was was nowhere. He had one opportunity, zero shots, just one touch inside the penalty area. This was a Salah game. Salah was all over the place. I think he had 10 total touches inside 18 yards both of his shots. Like if it's not for if it's not for Michael Keane and Luca and Luca Dina making the, ridiculous saves. Yeah, those guys were, you know, I know Van Dyke is, you know, probably the actual best performer in the match, but man of the match should go to the to the Everton defense for stopping those couple opportunities that Liverpool right. could have put away. Salah had chances and oh, and, yeah. and that's a, that's the Salah thing. Salah right? had the best chances in this match. Oh my gosh. As a Salah owner, I wanted him to score those, <laughs> right. right? But yeah, it, it's just it's, so the, it's painful to watch. And so here's a real here's something that that people out there have to consider. And this is something that that's look in the last six match weeks, you've gotten one offensive return from him. 
Brian, how long? How I long know. do you well, own Vaughn? His price is reflecting that. Now down to 13.4. He is up to 13.6 here. Yeah. Mane is probably still climbing. The issue, Dave, and this is where I feel like Tell this, me is, the issue. this is an endless debate because the next two weeks, first of all, not only does Liverpool play in blank week 31, which everyone in the world is going to Captain Salah probably because they play because at Fulham. Because why? They play at Fulham. Okay. In, in, the, in the week where there's only five total matches. But even next week, even this coming weekend, they play home to Burnley. So the issue has been Liverpool playing at home has been scorching fire. Right. And then these road matches are kind of they're not drop they're they're dropping points but they're not I mean they're still not losing. They're just not lighting them up offensively. Right. So offensively they're definitely in, you know, they are definitely finding it difficult to get out of second gear, I suppose, to you know, but this, this is not a driving podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so what I'm saying is everyone's got Andy Robertson. Many, many, many more people are buying Trent Alexander-Arnold now. Uh, Allison is one of the most popular goalkeepers. You probably have one or two of those guys. Almost everyone in the world has Salah. Tons of people are moving to Mane. The choices are very obvious here. The question is, Dave, are you man enough? This is not a sexist podcast, but are you man enough yeah. to make a move here to captain anyone other than Salah in the next two game weeks, are you selling this guy? And if not, are you captaining him? I don't know. I don't know yet. I, I've and we'll get to this maybe in a little bit. I've realized that until they mention what the heck is going on with all the games that they haven't scheduled yet, I'm just going to try to plan for next week. I look at next week, and technically I've already made two transfers this week. I had two transfers. I did not make one last week. I had two free transfers. I've already made them this week. I'm probably not going to take a minus four, so I'm going to keep him. Salah plays, always plays well at home. My issue is they're playing Burnley at home this week. They lost is this a Burnley yeah. that loses to Crystal Palace? I don't know. But I know this. Burnley will set up differently against Crystal Palace. They probably went for it as opposed to how they're going to set up at Anfield, yeah. which Dice will have his guys all tuned up to pretty much play in their half the entire match yep. and give Ashley Barnes, curse Ashley Barnes. That guy <laughs> is just, he dunks on me. This is I'll not a basketball podcast. He dunks on me weekly. Yeah. But, you know, John Dice knows that he, Ashley Barnes or Chris Wood, will get a chance, maybe two. And that's, sometimes that's all they need. I mean, that's going to be the Burnley strategy. So it's like, is Salah yeah, why gonna, is it not? Why is the possession and attempt and all of the statistics not going to look similar to what it was for City and Bournemouth this week? I really don't that's know. Exactly, that's exactly and right. It, very, it feels like a match that very well could end. I, mean, I, I, don't, I, I, I like Salah well, at home. I would love to say I don't expect it to end 1-0, but holy cow. I don't I mean, want it to. Yeah. But what gives you confidence? And I wish this is where I do wish Scott was here to address this as as a a an optimistic Liverpool fan. It's true. Uh, Scott has been very very consistent with that. Scott would also probably like us to mention some of Jurgen Klopp's post match comments, which he had described this week on Slack. Sponsor us as uh, <laughs> spicy. Uh, Jurgen Klopp who now is insisting it's not actually bad to be playing uh, from behind and chasing the title. Oh, it's not. No, it is not. Okay. Who wants to be top of the table 
at the beginning of March. It's nice, but there are a lot of games to play. Oh, yes, there are. This is where I would like to say, it. I know that it feels like the mental gymnastics that are going on here between Klopp and Pep yeah. have been constant. Right. This... I would. I don't know that it's like the pressure is on everybody. Everybody's everyone. Everyone's feeling the pressure. Agree completely. So I just think that it's very funny, and I don't know if this is necessarily the quote that Scott was wanting to be the Scott's manager quote of the week. week. Sure, yeah. But he took did his best to take a shot at Manchester City. I watched match of the day last night. And saw the celebrations of Man City. They had 900 chances and scored one goal with the wrong foot. Wow. <clears throat> Salty, spicy Klopp. Yeah. Who's the pressure getting to? Is it the Liverpool players or is it Klopp? Uh, I mean... I mean, that, that reeks of give me some attention. Don't put it on my team. This is after, remember, that he... Did also he took shots kind of all over the place because he said getting well, a getting a point from Everton is always a success because it's our most difficult away game of the season, and and he tried to backpedal on that a little bit. Kudos saying, to that. Kudos to the um, to the sideline boy who sarcastically clapped at Jurgen Klopp as he was. As oh he man! Was all all Liverpool fans are like, yeah, that's exactly an Everton fan for you. Uh huh. Yeah, that is uh, hey, that is some. That is some, also some salt, but that is a hundred years of uh, salty history. There's no doubt. Uh, Klopp took a shot at God, Brian. He <laughs> was blaming the wind. He said yeah, it was very windy. windy. Wind was coming in all directions. That is an odd wind. Yeah, yeah, the, the all direction wind. So whatever, as, as it's the both wind, teams. You didn't hear Marco Silva complaining as, about As the that. wind is wont to do. Yeah. The wind blows on the just and the unjust. <laughs> oh, more Bible references for yeah. this. Uh, wow, podcast I love today. it, uh, Dave. I feel like the the Liverpool strategy continues to be uh, continues to be a talking point for the entire season. I I'm settled on my uh, Andy Robertson ownership. Yeah, I am too. I'm um, settled on Andy Robertson. I'm settled on Allison. Although. You gotta like Trent Alexander Arnold here. I know I everybody do. who has him is really happy about owning him. Uh, top of the league, uh, uh, our league, our mini league. Drew made that move yeah. to go to Andy Robertson it and Trent Alexander. Really Arnold. paid off. Really this smart week. move. Yep. Um, comes away with all the bonus points here too, which was uh, really frustrating for fantasy purposes. Not having him. You, you and I both own Allison, and I feel like as we were watching the match, we were rooting for like Everton shots so Allison could make more saves. You're rooting for any points that you can get anywhere uh, at that point, and to hey, see Allison go from, from potentially rough. two bonus points to then almost certainly one, and then by the uh, by the end of match bonus point adjustment. Uh, to finish the match with zero was uh, was not great. What a rough fantasy week. It, uh, it, it In my recollection, was the worst fantasy week of the year. It was a bad one. Real quick about our, uh, about Everton. Yeah. Since we... Uh, I feel like it's there's not a ton. Nobody was really expecting anything here. I highly doubt any Everton uh, fantasy player owners were expecting a clean sheet from anybody that they might have played. I, I doubt if you... No matter who you had that you were playing them. Here. Sure. We mentioned the Seamus Coleman curse. 
again, it's on our agenda. I'm happy to do it. I'm I'm happy to pronounce judgment curses on Seamus Coleman. I think they're all hilarious. Well, I think Seamus but, but had, had cursed Liverpool this match on some level. Curse ye, Seamus. May the curse of Mary Malone and her nine blind, <laughs> illegitimate children chase you so far over the hills of damnation that the Lord himself can't find you with a telescope. <laughs> I feel like we used that one before. Oh, no way. There's no way you've used that before. That's why, again, why are we cursing Seamus? We're not, I'm we're, not cursing Seamus for real here. I wish, I, I wish Seamus was a more, I wish he was more of a fantasy option. Yeah, His price is the same as Dina now. But yeah. I, I just highly doubt you're buying him. Seamus Coleman is a fantastic player. Dave, one last point about about Everton. Are you are you serious? I mean, Richarlison, you know, comes off the bench here. I, I don't know who's really counting on him anymore. Uh, he's hasn't played more than sixty five minutes in the last yeah. four weeks. Yeah, definitely a dip in form for Richarlison here. So seventeen percent of people still own him though. You know what is surprising to me? Tell and, me. I, and I shouldn't be since I own a t-shirt with him on it. Right. You know where Gilfie Sigurdsson is for fantasy points for the season? Probably higher than most people think. Would you would how many people do you think would guess that he's sixth? None. Sixth for midfielders. That's fascinating. He's tied with he has the same number of points as Hyung Min's son. That's unreal. Doesn't feel right in the slightest. No. Uh Gilfie is a I feel like a trustworthy own it is uh, the entire season and but, has been the entire season long but going out you don't love the schedule it's brutal i i just think it looks bad i just think it looks because well, it is bad well i'm just saying because it alternates because they still play the big six they play they still play chelsea arsenal manchester united and spurs they still have four matches against the big six left they are spread out so you don't hate the matches in between Chelsea can be had. Look, Dave, look, 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 here's the other thing. There are only two excellent fantasy defenses this season. Okay. Liverpool has conceded 15 goals. Manchester City has conceded 20. Wow. After that, it's 30 and above. Yeah. Chelsea, Spurs, Wolves, Newcastle. Not t- teams that are defensively sound, but Chelsea's conceded 30 times. Spurs yeah. have conceded 30 times. Yeah. Wolves, 35. Newcastle, 36. On down the list. So, to me, are you counting Arsenal, Dave, as a fantasy defense that you think, oh man, I definitely do not want that offense playing against Arsenal. Arsenal's conceded 39 goals this season. They can tighten up at any point. I get right. it. Defensively sound, and it's you know, it's all about how you know what kind of tactics are going to be there and which who's your opponent. I just feel like almost any of these defenses can be had. Yeah. So. In that sense, I just feel like Gilfie, we the big complaint whenever Richarlison was on his hot streak was that Gilfie was a little bit more expensive. Richarlison is cool off. Was, was let was less, so he was the more attractive own. Gilfie has shown over the course of the season so far that he is the he's the consistent one here. That's true. I don't see why he can't maintain and be very good sure. with this kind of schedule, regardless of opponent. Since Liverpool now is in second place in the table, we should probably just take a minute to talk about Manchester City. Uh, also disappointing result fantasy-wise, even though they came away uh, as a club with the only thing that matters, which was three points. Uh, 
Dave, 23 shots, seven on target for Manchester City. Two each, two shots on target each for Aguero, Sterling, and Riyad Mahrez here. Uh, disappointing overall because two and a half million or more people are Sergio Aguero owners now. Uh, and to see his shafts hit the underside of the bar. Amazing. Probably the most disappointing moment for uh, millions of people watching fantasy uh, Premier League stats this past weekend. Yep. It's the last thing fantasy owners want to see when they see their one of their top players shass it on the field. Are, do you own a city person? I do. I own Aguero. You own Sergio Aguero, so you were one of the disappointed millions. I was. Uh, I was uh, Captain Raheem Sterling this week. Oh, wow. So, so I yeah, was one of were. also probably a million people who were disappointed to see him come away with nothing and good chances. Hey, your captain came away with more than mine did this week. That's true. In this match, so I, like, I, I guess the whole point is I'm not worried about this, I guess is the point, because this week they still play. You get a full week off and they get to play Watford at home. Okay. Uh, it's been the Sergio Aguero show. Uh in the last four in the last four matches right against, he's an animal against Watford he's had six goals I think Raheem Sterling has done fine too match against Watford in December it was Sané and Mares who were the goal scorers Sterling set out that match this is a Sergio Aguero if you got him you uh, you captain him another, an another one of the another one of the kind of obvious Jesus Captain was healthy. Choices. There was yeah. a lot of skepticism this week. Is Aguero played midweek? Yeah. Is he going to play again today? So he played the, the last weekend. He played ninety minutes, extra time, penalty shootout. Right. Then midweek he he started and played, and then he comes in to this past weekend and he starts again. Sergio Aguero will start regardless if Jesus is fit yeah you, even this past week i i mean by the time he got to the 80th minute i guess you're a little surprised he subbed off at all he makes it to 89 minutes right. against against bournemouth and then comes off for that little tiny bit so now that's exactly why i feel like you're still buying these guys you're still you're still playing them as usual this look week. they're gonna have a bunch of double match weeks coming up that obviously they don't play in the blank but there's a lot of teams that don't play in the blank um, so Maybe start working some in if you don't already have them. You should already own at least one or two. Since city Manchester players. City decided to uh, go shot bonkers against uh, Bournemouth, against Bournemouth, but come away with not a whole lot. The real hero here, the winner of our Brad Guzan goalkeeper award for courage, goes to Cherry's goalkeeper Arthur Boric. That guy was under fire. The heat map for this match <laughs> basically looks like Manchester City as a giant red Pac-Man okay, approaching the Bournemouth goal <laughs> and Arthur Boric's little tiny center of the goal is the is the power pellet. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> it was like this red hurricane approaching this one tiny little island of, oh. of safety in the goal. Yeah. Uh, and seven so saves... If we, whoever had the guts to throw him in there as their starter, you were rewarded. It's crazy. Seven saves, two bonus points. Yeah. This even conceding a goal comes away with a what amounts to a clean sheet of points. Six points for Arter Boris. That's this great. Week. Dave, you want to make him your uh, second goalkeeper. I do. I do, and uh, probably I probably already should have. Let's just be. Let's I just wish be clear. if I if I 
was uh, early early season Dave would have already had him in there. Yeah. Because I was uh, using negative four hits like it was candy, like it like they were Sour Patch Kids. That's how I was treating them. Um, <laughs> okay. But now late season Dave, I man, I you can't pry a minus four out of my hands, and so I got to wait for a good week to get him in, but I want to do it before. Right now, Speroni's there. He was at a 3-9 when I got him. Speroni is there in 11% of, of yeah. fantasy Premier League. He's just kind of hanging out there, yeah. probably. And obviously, he's not going to come in, but I do want to use a bench boost. And, and we've referenced this. Bournemouth's schedule going forward the rest of the year is so nice. Yeah. All but and, Spurs. Uh, every other match, a uh, outside the top six match. Uh, they do play in match week 31. Uh, for anyone patient enough, the 19% of people patient enough to wait with Ryan Frazier, I am one of those. Uh, Josh King's price has just gone up. Callum Wilson was going to be a late call this coming or this past week, so there was a decision to be made. We saw David Brooks back in the lineup. My boy David Brooks, Brian, guess who's back in my lineup? Uh, David Brooks. He's one of my transfers so, in this week. Uh Cherries again. It was. I feel like it's the same on the other side of the ball uh, for for Bournemouth in this match. I don't care how many shots they had against Manchester City. I was hoping not to play anyone from this uh, from their club. I got one point from Josh King subbing in when uh, Wolves decided to rest Johnny in gotcha. the match this week. Sure. Either way, uh, at Huddersfield this coming week, uh, and for the rest of the season, I think Cherry's a great own. Yeah. Hard not to when you see all of the matchups. We've talked about how big this next two weeks of strategy is, week 30, uh, heading into the, the tiny blank. week 31. That's right. And the strategy uh, upcoming of who your players are going to be, what kind of transfers you're going to do. Are you going to try to go into week 31 uh, and and have a team that's that's ready to go without using a free hit? Do you have a wild card yet? I feel like a lot of this stuff is kind of dependent on chips. But one of the clues I feel like that can help you going into this week is uh, we, we like to take a quick look at the team of the week, the fantasy dream team this week. I feel like there are a few clues in there, Dave, as to what you may or may not do here in terms of strategy. Like what kind of strategy? You talking well, about? Dave, we already talked about the good schedules for, for certain teams coming up, but in the team of the week, you have uh, you have some newcomers. We have some new faces here, or right. two players who you don't expect to see all the time. So we're not going to bother talking about whether or not you should own Jorginho, right? And you're not definitely owning Andreas Pereira for Manchester United. No, not even. However, almost every other player on the team of the week this week is somebody that you either have should have considered already, or have considered already at some point, or you already own. What about all right? I'll, and so one of the one of the big names here. We talked about Hugo Lloris. We talked about Tottenham and what uh, what Hugo Lloris could be for the rest of the season. Right. As far as defenders are concerned, we already talked about Alexander Arnold and what a smart purchase Alexander Arnold is. There are two players in defense in the Dream Team this week from one West Ham United. Wow. Not only were there, I I don't know how many people were expecting a clean sheet. Uh, given the form that Newcastle had been in, they seemed very uh, uh, non-threatening when they played West Ham this week. Yes. This is a perfect opportunity not only to talk about uh, how I wish Ryan Fredericks had played more frequently this season. Agree completely. 
uh, who finishes this week with an eight. But there's a certain player here who finished with a fifteen. Can we say his name? Can we do a how to say? Yes. On this well, really I was quick. So, for that. Look, I, I know it's interrupting what we were tra- we're talking here about strategy, but let's get the how to say. Let's do a how to say here really quick. Can we do a how to say? I'll squeeze it in. Can we talk music about this? Sure. I, I'm sure we could work if, out something. If there's music for this, if there can be music, I would like it to not be Ice Ice Baby because I'd be an idiot and I could put in something like Ice Ice uh, Baby. Sure, right. But you wouldn't. Instead, let's go completely away from puns or anything that has to do with the club or the player's taste or anything weird like that. Give me uh, Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. Be done with it, Dave. It's a... It'll be perfect for what we're uh, immigrant song by Led Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah. It's you'll you'll know it as soon as it as soon I'll as, know it, it, as, the soon first as riff. it kicks in for the very first notes. As soon as it oh, wow. as soon as the first singing notes kick in. It's okay. Like I said earlier, I didn't really want to give this away because it's kind of special because it's because it's my you know one of my heart clubs. Yeah, sure. Uh, but the fact is, when you have a player like Declan Rice, you you just said it. <laughs> You know what? Leave it. <laughs> the whole joke was supposed to be how it's real easy to say, just like Scott Dan was a couple years right. ago. Oh, okay. How do you say Declan and Rice? Right, sure. The point is, Declan Rice did real good the other day. He did. West Ham play in week 31. Which is a big bonus. And they happen to play Cardiff and Huddersfield in the next two weeks. Yeah, that's pretty good. Declan Rice. <laughs> Declan Rice puts a goal in here, finishes with 15. Clean sheet, goal, three bonus points. Kid's on the up, man. Kid's on the up. He is. And there's no reason why he shouldn't be a consideration for you in the, at least the next two weeks. West Ham, it's the reason why I'm really hesitant to sell... Even to sell Felipe Anderson, right. who's been really disappointing, for sure. Scrolling down through the rest, I mean, Shane Duffy, Dave. Shane Duffy finishes with nine. I don't think that's entirely unexpected. You know, Brighton, Brighton. We, you know, we did mention, and lots of people have pointed out, Brighton's schedule has also been uh, decent. Brian, uh, du- listen to this, Duffy. The last four weeks, yeah, six, seven, one, nine. Yeah, gets the goal against Burnley. I don't. I don't know how much you were expecting out of Brighton whenever they played at Leicester City, but yeah, I think home to Huddersfield, you expect a clean sheet here. You're playing. You're playing that matchup. It's the reason why it's disappointing. Like I, I, I one of the strategies. I wish we had more time to go into it. I want to play you. You like I want to play the matchup. I feel like I've played the matchup a number of times here in the past few weeks, especially. Yeah. And matchup runs into form. And I feel like that's something that you. There's no way to predict that. And you, there's so much of this as like you know that you know we've talked about the Monday morning managing something that I've, we've talked about post shadowing that we've we've said before. Just this kind of idea of I I feel like I should have seen this coming, and here's why. So it's something you look back and you say, oh, I'm so stupid. Everybody does that every right. every single week. Sure. West Ham has played exceptionally well in patches this season. They have definitely come they they've they are far beyond the slumping West Ham that we saw at the beginning of the season when it when everything was really dire for them. Sure. They're playing much better. I am completely happy to add Declan Rice uh to my roster this 
this coming week yeah. and then for the next two weeks, not only because of week 31, but because of the matchups. You like those matchups. You love them. Cardiff but- without Soul Bamba. I, I, that is a huge loss, and I feel like that can only be good for players like Declan Rice who are going to be in the box on set pieces against them. Uh, yeah, I agree. Issa Diop might not be a terrible choice in those matches. Either way, uh, what I'm saying is Brighton's with the good with positive matchups. You expect them to do well against Huddersfield, uh, and then they play at Crystal Palace this coming week. But then blank in week 31. I don't know how much you're considering Brighton, but I don't think it's that good. Right, I agree. Uh, next week, Brian, tell me about some Wolves that make this list. Joda and Jimenez, welcome back. Welcome wow. back, Diogo Joda, uh, brother Matt, screaming his head off. Uh, because he had Joda on the bench, uh, along with probably plenty of other people, not necessarily expecting him to have full fitness or uh, play 46 minutes yeah. and get a goal and an assist yeah. here. So, uh, welcome back, Diogo Joda. Jimenez continues to be the best forward that you can own this season. I continue to not own him, and it may have an, a, a reason, it may be one of the reasons why I continue to uh, drop. Diego uh, Jota that I wish or, uh, I could have had. I about said Jota. Jimenez, Raul Jimenez. I don't own him. I did for a long time, but when I wild carded, uh, I I now own Aguero and Kane, and then Ghostman Quainer. I can't seem to get Jimenez back in there. Yeah, but man, do I want to? Well. I don't know how much you really want to. Are you counting on much from Wolves? So now, now that this good run is over, they play at Chelsea in this coming weekend. Then they blank in week thirty-one, uh, and then they go to Burnley in week thirty-two. Then followed by followed by Manchester United. They're home to United, but then they blank in thirty-three. So yep. really, if you owning Wolves players, you kind of got a rough stretch right here. Yeah. It is not particularly good. They and it depends on how up for the challenge they are here. How close are we to teams being at the beach? By the way, we're closer probably than we think. We're getting there now. And and we we missed said something a minute ago. We acted like Burnley and United were in separate match weeks. They're actually in the same match week. Oh yes, that's so what I mean. Thirty two. Yes. They play a double in thirty two for sure. Yes, I I that is you. You'll take your Wolves assets to Burnley. You're not going to be... You'll play them that week because of the double week to get the potential for double points. Playing home to Manchester United is not... You don't feel great about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't feel great about that at all. Um, I think the biggest thing that's remaining here is what to do with Manchester United. Because Manchester United, not only do you have a million and a half people or more owning Marcus Rashford, you have a billion people owning Paul Pogba. The inform guy here is the Belgian Rom. Yeah, big Rom. Welcome back to fantasy relevance, Romelu Lukaku, who makes, now can't stop kicking team. the ball into the net. Makes a dream team, and Brian, he looked like he had something to prove. Back to back games with twelves, Brian. Yeah, three bonus points in each of those matches. He's getting the minutes too. What are we to think about this? Well. One, What's Ole going to do? Well, if if this partnership can work with Lukaku and Rashford playing together, so Rashford gets back in the lineup, which I think some people were, you know, he still had the triangle late into the week, but uh, 
Ole said that it was he was fit. So we knew late in the week that he was going to play. Um, both of them did really well against you know I'm looking at just looking at what they did against Southampton. I mean, five shots for Lukaku, four for Rashford. You want that? I want Marcus Rashford taking four shots sure, every every match. The big difference was that Rom put four of his five on, on target. target. So uh, Pog was playing a little deeper. Uh, I know some people had pointed that out just because with uh, injury to Matic, Pog was kind of stepping back a little bit. Can, can we mention Pogba real quick? The fact that he had minus one fantasy points. Yeah, Dave, who did you captain this week? Pogba. I captained Pogba with a crap ton of other people. Yeah. And it, he got a, me minus two. A good, seemingly obvious, very high, high low risk, high reward kind of uh, captain choice. I can't think of a guy that's backfired as a captain choice like this this season. No. No. There are players who have disappointed, but, but not, not, not like, like a captain's this. choice. Yeah, really disappointing. Obama Yang did maybe, but he wasn't I don't I don't feel like he was nearly as popular. Agree completely. Yeah. Um so if you have these guys, you're holding them? United players? Yeah, what are you doing? You're not buying in this week. Definitely not against your guys. No. But but this is I, I only own one at the moment. I own Pogba. And I'm not I'm not looking to sell him yet. I'm probably going to play him this week against Arsenal. Um, they're they're at Arsenal. Listen, Arsenal's played great at home all year. You you brought that up way early in the year on the pod, and you've continued to be to be right. Arsenal has, for whatever reason, has played great at home all year. Like I don't I don't think United's probably going to hold a clean sheet on them. They could if they if De Gea is on his game, and and United's playing well. They could keep a clean sheet, but I don't expect it. Uh, but Pogba, I don't know what's going to happen with Pogba. Look, United could easily, this could be a 4-4 game. It could be. That would be wonderful. Sure. Um, it hasn't stopped anybody from bringing in Lukaku. He's the one guy. Uh, Rashford's seeing a lot of sales. Well, I mean, so I'll say this. United's got a double a double right. week in 32. And that's exactly why. So I'm wondering how much of this is going to, you know, it's you're prepping for 32 yeah. probably, right? And Arsenal, and you referenced it earlier on this pod. Their defense hasn't been great. No. Kolasinac, we said, hey, because of his offensive returns going forward is a good play, but you know, I suppose you could see a price drop for Pogba before the end of the week. Uh, he's owned by almost 50%. He's at 46% ownership, and he's out about 50,000 times already this week. So he's one of the top transfers out for the round. But I, I just, I, I'm going to do what I can. I, I currently have three. I have Luke Shaw, Pogba, and I kept Rashford. Wow. So if I'm going to do what I can to hold on to all three, I, Rashford might might be a casualty here. I mean, he will be for week thirty-one. But when they come back out of the when they come back out of the break, yeah, like I, I like the schedule. I don't, I, you know, maybe you don't love at Wolves, yeah. But that's what the that's what the expectation that Wolves are gonna, you know, can play up, yeah. But you like that? I don't, I don't think that's bad at all. Home to Watford at Wolves. I feel like you'll, I feel like people will happily want to load up. If you're free hitting, it's gonna be a lot of triple United players in there yeah. i think for that double week and I, I feel like that's a if rashford can get back healthy again if he can find any kind of spark but definitely lukaku now 
uh, Lukaku is definitely a consideration. Why wouldn't he be back on your radar? He should be. It's all about minutes, man. If he's going to get the minutes, I feel like it's good. It's I all agree. about minutes, man. Why did I say that? Oh, wow. I like it, though. <laughs> Stupid. It's so hip. Oh, I'm sorry. It's so in. The only other guy on the list, obviously, for the you know for the team of the week is Troy Deeney, who I feel like is a good way for us to end the segment uh, and end the podcast entirely with talking about this last little bit of strikers. Again, Dave, these mid to low price striker options continue to produce. Yeah. What do you do with that? Well, what's really difficult for me is I have these guys. I am I am all mid to low price options. Marcus Rashford and, and being my most expensive, and I'm the opposite and they of that. are and the ones I have are the ones who didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so Rashford did come close against uh, Southampton. He did have a he did have one decent opportunity, but again, not a, not an attempt on target. But um, and I like I said, I didn't expect anything out of Josh King, who now has gone. You know, I said has a a, a price rise again going into this next week. Rondon disappointing. Salomon Rondon had been uh, had been outstanding, and he uh, ends up with a with a no return against West Ham. Uh, probably not what you would expect, but playing again this week back home against Everton, you still like Salomon Rondon. I'm looking at Wilfred Zaha doesn't make the team of the week. His goal could have easily put him there this week. Batshuayi, welcome to continued relevance, Mishi Batshuayi. Uh, I wish this is another part of this podcast. I wish Scott was here where he would be forced to talk about how <laughs> Bat's got a goal uh, again this week. But no, and then you already said earlier, Ashley Barnes continues to dunk on you, Dave. He owns me. Are all of these guys equally good options at this point? Brian, it is so tough to tell. It, I mean, for me, I haven't had to look at it because I've just, you know, owned Aguero and Kane. Yeah. Right? Like I've had, I've chosen to invest money there. I'm not saying that's the best, that's a great investment or the best investment going forward because these other guys are producing. That's right? not even to, that's not even to mention Jamie Vardy scores. We can talk, we, we didn't talk about what happened with Jamie Vardy. Uh, needless to say, I think we could all agree there's some failure of concussion protocol for the Premier League in the way that everything with Jamie Vardy was handled. Yeah. For fantasy purposes, it looks like Brendan Rodgers is going to play him. He seems to, at least has suggested early on, that Jamie Vardy will be okay for the weekend. Yeah, That is Sh a, a prime shocking. matchup. Shocking, I agree. Seems like he shouldn't be okay for no, that match. No, I, but he might be, and may, it's Fulham. Yeah, no, I know. Again, another guy. I don't know how to advise against these uh, against this. Look, Ashley Barnes again, just to give him credit because he has dunked on me weekly. Brian, he scored in five of the last six we match yeah. weeks. He gets goals. And it's unreal. He's a five nine. Is he? Yes. No, he's a five seven. He went up finally to five seven. Ryan, he's a five seven. He finally went up to five seven. He was five six there for a good bit. Well, he does. He scored in five yeah. of the last six weeks. Yeah, and you know somebody else who scored this week and who, who f could easily also be a consideration because of a match in week thirty one is Gonzalo Iguain. Iguain scores. Uh, 
and Chelsea also a bit disappointing, I think, given the matchup. Fulham playing spirited football, though. Uh, but Higuain ends up with a goal as well. And so striker strategy, uh, probably the least helpful segment that we can have on this because basically... I think the, we've, yeah, we've just named guys who are doing good, <laughs> which, which seems to be everybody at the moment. Uh, it's like putting a bunch of it's like oh, it's throwing just, darts at a at a really giant dartboard where the it's just one giant bullseye. It's unreal. The only guy who we he's not like like listed in the top twenty in form is Obama Yang, right? Obama Yang probably is the one who suffers the most here, and I do I don't mind circling back to this to say the thing you like about Obama Yang is he took a penalty kick. Okay. <laughs> What you don't like is everything else. Sure. Zero minutes, 15 uh, minutes, 70 minutes, 34 minutes in his last four. Gets a goal and a bonus point against Bournemouth. Other than that, no attacking returns. Probably wouldn't be all that mad if you own him, though, if he, if he converts the, the penalty. Sure. Lacazette, though, you feel like he's locked in. Three weeks, four weeks ago, he plays all 90 minutes. And, like... You feel great about that. And then in the last two, 26 minutes and 55 minutes, the last two weeks. But look at the scores. Nine, seven, five, and four. You can hate all the you can hate the minutes all you want, but you love the points. So seems like Lacazette's the clear own. Sadly, the Lacazette Obama Yang issue only matters for one more match week because they blank in week thirty one. They don't have another match until April first after that. You might still have Europa League concerns with them and rotation. I didn't think it was possible to get a more annoying rotation policy for Arsenal than there was at the beginning of the season, and somehow we've matched and maybe exceeded it, Dave. Uh, it, I hate to start and end with Arsenal, but that's really an annoying thing. I agree. I agree. I, I don't think we should do it at all. Striker strategy for me <laughs> is I really, really am hoping that now that Bournemouth, that now that Bournemouth has gotten the Manchester City uh annoyance out of the way that them being able to go smack Huddersfield around at Huddersfield hopefully will be a way to get uh to be a good way to kick off the Cherries prime schedule finish finish run I don't know if anybody has enough guts to bring Callum Wilson straight back in I'd like to think Callum Wilson can be a a factor that he's healthy and can contribute so we know that they are much better offensively whenever it was Callum Wilson and Josh King playing together. David Brooks and Ryan Fraser played much better together with those two in front of them. Cherries, let's hope they don't go to the beach early here. Mm. Um, I feel like that's a. I feel like Josh King and uh, hopefully Callum Wilson can get back on track. Um, I still believe in a lot of these other uh, in all of these other low level guys. I feel. I wish. I really wish that Crystal Palace didn't have the blank. You wish you could own all of them. I really wish you could. Yeah. I would happily sell three of my five midfielders if I could have a bunch of these forward options right now. Brian, in the words of Scott, we've made it to the end of the pod. It it feels like it was two days ago that we started this. It does. Uh, multiple stops and starts, multiple coughs. Thank you, if you've listened this far, for putting up with my voice. And putting up with Brian and I as we grinded through this match week, which felt like a million talking points. Yeah, it really was. Again, Scott will be back next week. He will, hopefully, to to save this podcast from <laughs> from imminent doom. Hey, for the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time. <laughs>